Today on Commuter Bible, the prophet Elijah challenges King Ahab and the prophets of Baal. It's 1 Kings chapters 16 through 18 and Psalms 92 through 93. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. The string of men who reign as king over the ten tribes of Israel continue to get worse and worse, each king being more corrupt than the last. King Ahab should be worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who brought Israel out of Egypt. But instead, he marries a Baal worshiper, turns to serve Baal himself, and then builds a temple to Baal in Samaria. Elijah boldly confronts the king in the name of the Lord of Armies. God works wonders through Elijah, and by God's strength, Elijah performs these miraculous signs, one of which shows Israel who is truly God. 1 Kings, chapters 16 through 18. Now the word of the Lord came to Jehu, son of Hanani, against Baasha. Because I raised you up from the dust, and made you ruler over my people Israel. But you have walked in the ways of Jeroboam, and have caused my people Israel to sin, angering me with their sins. Take note. I will eradicate Basha and his house, and I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Anyone who belongs to Basha and dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And anyone who is his and dies in the field, the birds will eat. The rest of the events of Basha's reign, along with all his accomplishments and might, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Basha rested with his ancestors and was buried in Tirzah. His son Elah became king in his place. But through the prophet Jehu, son of Hanani, the word of the Lord also had come against Basha and against his house because of all the evil he had done in the Lord's sight. His actions angered the Lord, and Basha's house became like the house of Jeroboam because he had struck it down. In the 26th year of Judah's king Asa, Elah, son of Basha, became king over Israel, and he reigned in Tirzah two years. His servant Zimri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him while Elah was in Tirzah, getting drunk in the house of Orza, who was in charge of the household at Tirzah. In the twenty-seventh year of Judah's king Asa, Zimri went in and struck Elah down, killing him. Then Zimri became king in his place. When he became king, as soon as he was seated on his throne, Zimri struck down the entire house of Basha. He did not leave a single male, including his kinsmen and his friends. So Zimri destroyed the entire house of Basha, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken against Basha through the prophet Jehu. This happened because of all the sins of Basha and those of his son Elah, which they committed and caused Israel to commit, angering the Lord God of Israel with their worthless idols.
The rest of the events of Elah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. In the 27th year of Judah's king Asa, Zimri became king for seven days in Tirzah. Now, the troops were encamped against Gibbethon of the Philistines. When these troops heard that Zimri had not only conspired but had also struck down the king, then all Israel made Omri the army commander, king over Israel that very day in the camp. Omri, along with all Israel, marched up from Gibbethon and besieged Tirzah. When Zimri saw that the city was captured, he entered the citadel of the royal palace and burned it down over himself. He died because of the sin he committed by doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and by walking in the ways of Jeroboam and the sin he caused Israel to commit. The rest of the events of Zimri's reign, along with the conspiracy that he instigated, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. At that time, the people of Israel were divided. Half the people followed Tibni, son of Ganath, to make him king, and half followed Omri. However, the people who followed Omri proved stronger than those who followed Tibni, son of Ganath. So Tibni died, and Omri became king. In the thirty-first year of Judah's king Asa, Omri became king over Israel, and he reigned twelve years. He reigned six years in Tirzah. Then he bought the hill of Samaria from Shemer for one hundred fifty pounds of silver, and he built up the hill. He named the city he built Samaria, based on the name Shemer, the owner of the hill. Omri did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He did more evil than all who were before him. He walked in all the ways of Jeroboam son of Nebat in every respect and continued in his sins that he caused Israel to commit, angering the Lord God of Israel with their worthless idols. The rest of the events of Omri's reign, along with his accomplishments and the might he exercised, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Omri rested with his ancestors and was buried in Samaria. His son Ahab became king in his place. Ahab, son of Omri, became king over Israel in the 38th year of Judah's king Asa. Ahab, son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. But Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight more than all who were before him. Then, as if following the sin of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, were not enough, he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and then proceeded to serve Baal and bow in worship to him. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he had built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Asherah pole. Ahab did more to anger the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. During his reign, Hiel the Bethelite built Jericho. At the cost of Abiram his firstborn, he laid its foundation, and at the cost of Segub his youngest, he finished its gates. 
according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Joshua, son of Nun. Elijah the Tishbite, from the Gilead settlers, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, in whose presence I stand, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide at the Wadi Cherith, where it enters the Jordan. You are to drink from the wadi. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he proceeded to do what the Lord commanded. Elijah left and lived at the wadi Cherith, where it enters the Jordan. The ravens kept bringing him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening, and he would drink from the wadi. After a while, the wadi dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. So Elijah got up and went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow gathering wood. Elijah called to her and said, Please, bring me a little water and a cup. And let me drink. As she went to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked, only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now, I am gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterward, you may make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty, and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. Then the woman, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The flour jar did not become empty, and the oil jug did not run dry. According to the word of the Lord, he had spoken through Elijah. After this, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. His illness got worse until he stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, 
man of God, what do you have against me? Have you come to call attention to my iniquity so that my son is put to death? But Elijah said to her, Give me your son. So he took him from her arms, brought him up to the upstairs room where he was staying, and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow I am staying with by killing her son? Then he stretched himself out over the boy three times. He cried out to the Lord and said, Lord my God, please let this boy's life come into him again. So the Lord listened to Elijah, and the boy's life came into him again, and he lived. Then Elijah took the boy, brought him down from the upstairs room into the house, and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know you are a man of God, and the Lord's word from your mouth is true. After a long time, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the surface of the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. The famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab called for Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a man who greatly feared the Lord and took a hundred prophets and hid them, fifty men to a cave, and provided them with food and water when Jezebel slaughtered the Lord's prophets. Ahab said to Obadiah, Go throughout the land to every spring and to every wadi. Perhaps we'll find grass so we can keep the horses and mules alive and not have to destroy any cattle. They divided the land between them in order to cover it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went the other way by himself. While Obadiah was walking along the road, Elijah suddenly met him. When Obadiah recognized him, he fell face down and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? It is I, he replied. Go tell your lord, Elijah is here. But Obadiah said, What sin have I committed, that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to put me to death? As the Lord lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent someone to search for you. When they said, He is not here, He made that kingdom or nation swear they had not found you. Now you say, Go tell your Lord Elijah is here. But when I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord may carry you off to some place I don't know. Then when I go to report to Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Wasn't it reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel slaughtered the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of the prophets of the Lord, fifty men to a cave, and I provided them with food and water. Now you say, 
Go tell your Lord Elijah is here. He will kill me. Then Elijah said, As the Lord of armies lives in whose presence I stand, today I will present myself to Ahab. Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. Then Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is that you, the one ruining Israel? He replied, I have not ruined Israel, but you and your father's family have, because you have abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the Baals. Now summon all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Ahab summoned all the Israelites and gathered the prophets at Mount Carmel. Then Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people didn't answer him with a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us. They are to choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and place it on the wood, but not light the fire. I will prepare the other bull and place it on the wood, but not light the fire. Then, you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers with fire. He is God. All the people answered, That's fine. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Since you are so numerous, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. Then call on the name of your God, but don't light the fire. So they took the bull that he gave them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Baal, answer us! But there was no sound, no one answered. Then they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, 
Elijah mocked them. He said, Shout loudly, for he's a god. Maybe he's thinking it over. Maybe he has wandered away, or maybe he's on the road. Perhaps he's sleeping and will wake up. They shouted loudly and cut themselves with knives and spears according to their custom until blood gushed over them. All afternoon they kept on raving until the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no sound. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near me. So all the people approached him. Then he repaired the Lord's altar that had been torn down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel will be your name. And he built an altar with the stones in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold about four gallons. Next, he arranged the wood, cut up the bull, and placed it on the wood. He said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the offering to be burned on the wood. Then he said, A second time. And they did it a second time. And then he said, A third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He even filled the trench with water. At the time for offering the evening sacrifice, the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that at your word I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face down and said, The Lord! He is God. The Lord, He is God. Then Elijah ordered them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let even one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the Wadi Kishon and slaughtered them there. Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a rainstorm. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the summit of Carmel. He bent down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go up and look toward the sea. So he went up, looked, and said, There is nothing. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. On the seventh time, he reported, 
there's a cloud as small as a man's hand coming up from the sea. Then Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Get your chariot ready and go down so the rain doesn't stop you. In a little while, the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there was a downpour. So Ahab got in his chariot and went to Jezreel. The power of the Lord was on Elijah, and he tucked his mantle under his belt and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Psalm 92 It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, Most High, to declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night with a ten-stringed harp and the music of a lyre. For you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord! How profound your thoughts! A stupid person does not know. A fool does not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be eternally destroyed. But you, Lord, are exalted forever. For indeed, Lord, your enemies, indeed, your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have lifted up my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been anointed with the finest oil. My eyes look at my enemies. When evildoers rise against me, my ears hear them. The righteous live like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Psalm 93 The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of a huge torrent, the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is majestic. Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. If you have not yet subscribed to Commuter Bible, let me encourage you to go ahead and subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything, and it'll make episodes easily available on your phone or tablet, so you don't have to search for the show every time you want to listen. 
Also, if you haven't submitted a review to Apple Podcasts, I'd love for you to make some time in your schedule to just write a few words. It helps other people discover the show so they can enjoy what you're enjoying already. And thanks for considering. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.